there's something here that God that wants to speak to us about this morning. So my title is simply this, it's don't forget your head. Does that make sense? Don't forget your head. You know, what happens is this, that God saves us and he brings us out of our old life and he brings us to a new land, a new place. Uh, and we experience new things. But what, what often happens is this, we are imprisoned in our mind in the past. And that hinders us from going into the future, the promised land, the place where God wants us to be. So we want to linger around that area this morning. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you know that God has done something wonderful in your life. And you know that you have begun a journey with him. But, but you're in that prison of your past. You can't seem to get that past experiences out of your life. Maybe it's a childhood thing. Something's spoken over your life. But what I want us to leave here today is this free. It's as simple as that. We sung it. That him who the sun set free is free. Are you free this morning? Because God promises that you can be free this morning. He promises that. He tells us that. That, that if we trust him fully. I want to say that fully. And I got saved at the same time. As, there's, there's a few friends and I got saved around the same few years. And there's a noticeable difference from those who fully surrendered to God. And those who didn't. Understand? There was this complete emptiness, poor into yourself, saying, God, I don't want anything else. I don't want to touch that anymore. I want you to change my life. I want to be free. And it was these other ones who, yes, Lord, I want you to do this, but I want to do this. And I want to encourage you to be saved 50 years this morning. You might not be free. And, and maybe that's what God wants to take you to the place we want you to be next week, God will. But maybe this week we need to be free. We need to go to that place. And you know, Simple truth is yet is this: we were all imprisoned in sin. We were in a type of cell, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ came and He opened that cell. And you know, there was a time in my own life where I had to physically stand up and open that cell and walk out. It's not right. Sometimes we don't realise we're free. Sometimes we're still stuck in a cell and it's opened. How how frustrating maybe to find 20 years down the line that we thought we were in jail and we didn't realise the door was open. <laughs> Would that be sort of frustrating? That could be the case for each of us, for some of us at least this morning. And I suspect most of us, let's face it, there's things in our life that we need to be released from. But to our title this morning, don't forget your head. And we want to read from Genesis 12, just the verse, four verses, and say, God will, next week we've been on to Canaan. This is the call of Abraham. And the Lord said to Abraham, Come out from your country, your people, and your father's household, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who they bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. There's a promise, church. Through the church, all the people on the earth will be blessed. And verse 4. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. Abraham went as the Lord told him. Another translation says Abraham left. Maybe we need to leave somewhere. Somewhere in our life we've been held hostage. We need to leave that place this morning. You know, it's possible for a person to, to leave their home town. It's possible for a person to go on holidays. Maybe even move country thinking they're going to go to a better life. And what you find is this. No matter where you go, you're no happier. Happiness has to come from a thing. I remember being in Australia a few years ago and thinking, I know, I'm still as grumpy as I was back in our land. You understand? I had the great beach, I had the great big swell body to go with it, and all the good things, but 
I realized that my inner self was no happier. Happened and it was no happier. I hadn't found the paradise, even though I was in it, that I was desiring life. Sometimes we can we can leave somewhere physically, but our heads are still in our past. The place that we left, we're still stuck there. And my experience is this: that it often comes from childhood experiences, the words spoken over our lives, maybe from a father, maybe from a mother, maybe from a, a teacher, but whatever it is. And, We've been told something about ourselves that isn't true, we believe the lie. And, and that's what I want to do tap into this morning. And a question that you need to ask yourself, is your past dictating your future? It's not a simple question. We're speaking individually this morning. Is your past dictating your future? Have you went as far as you think you can go? That's the bar that you've set for yourself. And I want to just remind you of a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. And he's speaking to God, speaking to his church. And you redeemed people, those who he's called out. He says this, but you are now a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. That can be interpreted as a kingly priesthood. Kings and priests. You're a holy nation. You're his own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's the place that we can be held captive, their darkness. That wee place that we don't like to visit, but we, we find ourselves revisiting that place. And I believe that there's a Christian here this morning. There's those who belong to Christ and they're still living in this darkness in their life. And they don't want to be there, but they find themselves being there. But God's going to bring you on to the place where he wants you to be. But it has to tap into your heart this morning. And let's be clear, we're speaking to that person this morning who's heard the call of God. You're saved. Your past has become a type of prison in your life. Is that clear this morning? We're speaking to a Christian this morning. And you know what it is to be saved. You've started a new journey with Christ, but your past has become a type of prison. That's what's all my purpose for, and I have to go with that. And God has placed you on a new path. He's put new friends in your, in your life. You've met new people. You've experienced wonderful things, and new things, when you come to Christ. But you find yourself constantly revisiting this place, this place in your past life. And it's a real hindrance. And God is calling on that place where he wants you to be, that place in Canaan. He's going to do wonderful things in our church. We're going to see this in the coming weeks. That in the struggle, there's blessing. And in the struggle, it's, it, it sometimes is evidence that we're in the place where God wants us to be. And if we're in a place this morning, we're comfortable. There's something wrong. And as I was thinking this, I considered, and I said to Julian when we were in Cookstown, I said, you know, to be honest with you, I've never been as comfortable in my life. That's the God's truth. And I said this to her, I've never been as comfortable. I can handle everything just nicely, I'm comfortable. You see, it was hard, but, but was that the will of God? Is our comfort a place maybe where he hates us, and then he puts us back out to the battle? But it's hard to get out into the battle, and, and sometimes we just need to stop revisiting these places, and it's not easy to do it. But there's somebody this morning, your spirit's free, but your mind is still in that prison cell, and Christ has released you from it. So I want to speak to, to us all this morning on the subject of new beginnings. And it's not just a sermon title. It's a conviction from God. It's, it's a conviction within my spirit. And I believe, if I'm only speaking to one person this morning, I'm happy about that. But God is speaking to one person, maybe two, maybe us all this morning, but there's a place that he's been calling you to go to. And it's a place of promise, and you have to trust him in this place. You have to trust him and come. So speaking this morning, new begins. And we're looking at Abraham, Abraham, and what we find with Abraham is it's a reflection of the Christian life. We'll see that. 
And Abraham embarked on a journey with God. It was a journey of new beginnings, don't forget that. And if we go on holiday, for instance, or a journey of any sort, we have to prepare for that, don't we? We have to physically do something to go on that journey. And then once the time comes, in order for us, for us to begin this journey, what do we have to do? We, we have to leave our present situation, our current location. We have to leave from that. And that seems quite simple in itself. And what we see here is that when somebody comes to Christ in faith, this is the beginning of a new journey. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. They go to the airport and not get on the plane in one way. But you know, there's a vast difference in going on holiday and following Christ, isn't there? A holiday only lasts one or two weeks, depending on your wallet. But following Christ rolls right on to eternity, church. And that's why we need to be free. Because we're on a long haul flight with God and we're not free. It's going to be a long haul flight. Isn't that right? It's going to be a hard out journey. It's going to be a burden. It's going to be boring. But we are free. And we do this walk with God. We're going to not only be free, but we're going to send other people free. We're going to lead them to the place where God wants them to be. But listen, there's another fast difference. When we go on holidays, every detail from the plane, the taxi, even the hotel is all arranged, isn't it? For most of us, and the women normally do. Some of us even pre-book other adventures in advance, and that way we know what we're doing each day. But unfortunately, going on a journey with God is nothing like that. He leads us as we go, and he opens doors, and he closes doors in our life. And you will know that. There's been times in your life where doors have been open, and there's times where doors have been closed. That's all of God. We can't foreknow what God has for our lives. But we have to trust Him because you have to ask yourself, is this it? Maybe you are what God wants you to be, and you're doing what God wants you to be, and you're in a good place. Thank God. But I'm speaking to maybe the person who's not this morning. And you're wondering, to know, is this it? And you're on a crossroads in your life. And that crossroads is simply this put your trust fully in Christ. Surrender all to him and go straight on with him. Don't look left or right, follow him and trust him. As he leads you, he will open and close doors in your life. There's nothing worse than trying to kick a door open. And one of our greatest fears is in case it does open, then we don't want to break through it or walk through it. But we have to allow him to guide us and lead us. And we know that, that Abraham trusted God. And all Abraham got was a simple promise, church. We've got the whole channel of scripture. We got a couple of words from God, a couple of promises. The simple promise was this, a command was go from your country, get out from your people and your father's house to the land that, that I will show you. And there's the promise, I will show you. That was it, that there was no forward plan, and there was nothing else, it was, there was no year plan, it was just simply, I will show you the way. Hebrews chapter 11, you have to see this. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. But he was called to work to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And listen to the words, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. Maybe that's you this morning. You're afraid to step out for God. You, you want to have all, all worked out, understand where he's taking and everything that's going to happen. We have to simply trust him. And walk in his ways, walk in his steps. You know, and with this promise, what we learn is that Abraham left everything behind. And you know what I see here? He turned his back on his past and he took his head with him. He took his head with him. He followed God 
not knowing where he was going. You know something? It's nowhere in Scripture has been recorded that Abram ever, ever went back to her. Never went back to the place that God called him. Is that a, is that a lesson? Maybe? He was never went back to revisit. Maybe there's something in that that his mind was so focused on Christ. He heard the word of God and he came out from his past. He's, and he moved on. He never revisited that. And, and that's what we need to get to in church. And this man isn't saying he's got there yet, but that's what we need to get to. And I want to encourage you with that. There's some places we just don't need to revisit anymore. What good is it? It's hindering us and it's doing us harm. And I want you to notice this this morning as well. As I looked at this, I realized something that the God who Abraham gave his life to, he was unknown to his family and friends. It wasn't popular to be a, a Christian, if you like, we were speaking pre-Christ, but it wasn't popular to be a Christian. His friends and family didn't necessarily know who this God was. Does that spring back any memories of you? I know for me it was, my family didn't have a notion. Just that they spoke of God in the sense where we, where we were sort of a so-called Christian nation, if you like, but, but we, nobody really knew this God, and that's what we see with Abraham. His neighbors had no knowledge of him. And this is the situation that we see that's, that sounds very familiar to, to each of us today. Quite often when we come to Christ or one comes to Christ and they're saved, their family and friends are all with a type of confusion. And a person who comes to Christ, we know that they receive a new heart. They receive a new spirit. And with this new heart comes new desire. And the old life no longer appeals to them. And this is where we come out of it. All takes us out of it. We don't want to be there anymore, so it takes us out of it. And these people don't always leave company, and we don't always leave company, but the feeling is very much the same, isn't it? When we give our life to God, we, are, we feel that we're taken out of everything, and the things that are passing that once traveled on, you no longer fit in. Does that make sense? Is that your experience? Your own life used to be everything about you, now all of a sudden you don't fit there. You don't belong there anymore. And this is what we see here. And when one comes to Christ in faith, a whole new life is given to them. And in a sense, a new beginning is offered to each man and woman who trusts God. Individually, a new beginning is offered to you this morning. I want you to grasp it. That this new beginning offered to us this morning. But we must learn not only to hear the call of God, church, but to learn to trust it. That's a whole different sermon, a whole different topic. And many times we hear from God, and many times we don't put it into practice, and many times we don't believe or we doubt. I've had God speak directly into the situation of my heart and accuse somebody else of talent pastor or talent substitute. And we are so doubtful. We always have to have a reason that, that, that goes past just doing what we heard God tell us to do. And you know, I would say this, what God will do for you and me if we dare to trust him fully will be passed on down through the generations. From our children's children, I believe, will know the favour of God in their lives. We talk much of generational cursing. What about generational blessings? Speak that over your life. Because that's what I see in Scripture. I'm going to look at it now and show you. Generational blessings. Abraham blessed the world. You too have blessed many people in your life. You didn't realise it. Each person that walks through the door of a church, you don't know what your countenance means to somebody else. I love seeing the people of God coming together and I get excited and I get built up. Because the life that I've been taken out of, I don't belong there anymore. And there's something about this diverse people before me and 
people that God puts beside us that although we're strangers in many ways, we've got all things in common. We, we, together we are family in Christ. And we bless each other, but we bless others. We're called to be a blessing. And I want to speak that over your life. Generational blessings this morning. A man, Henry Sell, said this, a new beginning was made in the history of mankind of Abraham. And that could be the case for you. A new beginning was made in the history of your family through you this morning. We know that through Abraham a, a nation was birthed, and that's the nation of Israel. Because Abraham dared to trust God, we know that he belonged to Father Isaac, the promised child. We know this story. He would marry Rebecca, who in return would have twins, Esau and Jacob. We know that, that Jacob had married Laban's daughters, Leah and Rachel. And if you get excited this morning about marrying two uh, sisters, that's the, that's the longer in place. Sorry, the good old days is gone. Christ went away with that. And it wasn't just as black and white as I had when you read the story, but anyway, that, that's, that's not the case anymore. And Jacob became the father of the patriarchs. And we know this, that his sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. Now we know that the name Israel was given to Jacob. We read the story in Genesis 22, no doubt we'll, we'll be reading it at some point. And here we read the story of Jacob where he wrestles with God. And if you're a Christian here, you know what it is to wrestle with God. You know what it is to say, I don't want to do that. Either. Or no, that's, that's not for me, that's for your man over there. We wrestle with God in all areas of our life, church. Every day of the week, I don't believe that I seem to wrestle with God. I have these desires that I want to do them, God's different plans and there's a wrestling and we see this in the life of Jacob and after a whole night of struggle uh, we see that Jacob then asks for a blessing from God and as a blessing we know that he receives a new name and God gives him his new name which is Israel and through this great nation of Israel kings will be born and through the line of Solomon King David's son we know that Mary the mother of Christ will be born and through Mary, of course, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who would take away the sins of the world, would come. Through Abraham's obedience, this all took place. One man, being faithful to God, blessed the whole world. I want to say this, church. Because of Abraham, we are known as spiritual children of Abraham. We're blessed through him. We see that in Galatians 3 and 7. But we are blessed today through his obedience. How much more through our obedience as Christians would the world be blessed? Really, would the town, would our workplace, would our homes, our, our marriages, our, our, everything that we be part of, if we were a people who walked in obedience to the Lord, generational blessing would be something that would flow from us. And it's amazing what God can do with the life of a surrender fully to Him. But maybe you think this morning that's okay for Abraham. But I'm not one that like Abraham, and there's a problem there too, because we seem to set the men and women of the Bible in pedestals, and we seem to look at them as some sort of uh, power rangers type of people, don't we? They're lifted up, and they're not. They're ordinary men and women, you and I. Same flawed people chosen by God. It's often been said that a man who comes from a good environment is more likely to do well in life. Have you heard that? Where we come from, the, the amount of money that our family has, the, the postcode in which we live in are often looked upon as signposts as to where we'll end up in life. One man said that favourable circumstances like favours men, unfavourable favourable circumstances keep men down. 
and perhaps that's been spoken over your life this morning. Because of where you've come from, the circumstances which you were born into, somehow these dictate that you will never amount to much in life. Isn't that funny though? And it's a lie. And we see this with Abraham. If Abraham was to be used of God on the grounds of his childhood and the surroundings which he was brought up in, then we would never have heard from him. We know that Abraham came from the, the city of Ur. That's modern day Iraq. And sometimes you maybe need to say, well, need to say no more. He come from Iraq. But that, that's where he's come from, in modern day Iraq. And we know through historians that it was an advanced civilization. We know that historians speak of, of the Chaldeans as having great cities, magnificent temples and palaces. They had extensive libraries. They were educated people. We know that the arts were well known. They were skilled workers in metals and stone and pottery. It's even said that they had a postal system, that letters could be sent. These were an advanced, this was an advanced civilization. They say it was one of the most splendid of all the cities. And within its walls stood the great temple of the moon god Artemis. And I suppose in one sense this, this city looked wonderful and the temple stood proud and from outside it all looked really good. But the truth was and it was a den of iniquity. It was a type of place that all ungodliness was celebrated. This is where Abraham came from. Sale in his book says it was honeycombed with the basest sort of immoralities. There was no virtue to be found within this great city. That's what he says. Another says that the people's religion exalted and normalized all ungodliness as we understand it to be. So this gave way to all the evils that destroyed all virtue. And I suppose to put it politely in our language, it's not the type of place you would choose to bring up your children. And you might be asking yourself this morning, why am I telling you about this? What has it got to do with your life or my life? What relevance could this possibly have? But I want you to see this morning and understand that the environment in which Abraham came from, it was a place where anything went. It was a place where sin was celebrated. It was ungodly, to say the least. But then I want you to realize that had Abraham been a product of his environment, according to the theory of men, he would never have been able to do what he did for the Lord and for his fellow man. But what the point is this, that your background, your past, has no authority over your future. Your postcode might get you free school meals, as I experienced, but doesn't get to tell you or dictate who you are or what God can do in your life. So church, God's preparing you for the promised land, Canaan, the place where he wants you to be. It's not the place where all singing and dancing takes place, but it's the place where God wants you to be. And that's been spoken of your life. But it's been, a, it's been rubbed out today, and it's been generational blessing in your life today. And the authority that now speaks over your life is the authority of the Word of God. And the Word of God sets the people free, and it guides their paths. But listen, Abraham was called to come out. How to come out? I want you to see that today. And you know, nobody can help you come out from the place, the prison cell in which you are in, unless you hear the voice of God and you respond to it. Doesn't matter how great the preacher is, doesn't matter how great the church is, it's only if you hear the voice of God, because that's the voice and that's the part of religion, that can He take you out of the prison cell that you're in this morning. Now you're saved this morning. Speaking about Christian this morning, but you're in a prison cell, and that's not 
where God wants you to be, and it's not where you're going to remain. Abram had to leave his past behind. I've already said there's no record of ever returning to the place where he was released from. And that means we have to stop revisiting the place that we were set free from. Abram is described listen, as a man of courage. I want you to get this, and we're coming to an end here. One commentator says of him that Abraham stands out as a commanding figure. He was made of the same stuff that great leaders of men and explorers are made of. And that's a pretty good, uh, to have that said about you would be wonderful. But that doesn't help us in our walk of faith. But the truth is this, that Abraham wasn't known for any of these things. Abraham was simply known as a man who dared to trust God. That's it, church. He dared to trust God. He wasn't just made of the stuff that great leaders are made of. He dared to hear the voice of God and trust Him. Now listen, there's no man or woman, boy or girl, can follow Christ and, and continue to live and to walk on the same path in which they were called from. That just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Called out. But now listen, <clears throat> Christ has called His church to rise up and to come out to be an army of righteousness, to be an army of truth. And that means there's some things in our life we can just go. We can't be a people of righteousness if we're, if we're, if we're playing of unrighteousness. We can't be a people of truth if we're liars. And that means simply that the things just have to come off a good place for life. But we need to be a people that show off the goodness of God. We need to be a people that prove the favour of God in life. Do you have the favour of God in your life? You do if you're saved. The favour of God accompanies those who know and love God. It's as simple as that. His grace is so wonderful. It means we don't deserve anything, but he, he lavishes us with it. And we carry it. And there's favour in your life, church. I want to remind you of that. We are people who bring hope. But yet the enemy would have us walk about with the people with no hope. That's gone today. That's, that's left in the past. We are people of hope. We are people of comfort. We, we bring comfort to our family and our friends and our neighbours and our families. We are people who point people to Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, you can say, Pastor, you need to understand that people don't want that anymore. They don't want to be pointed to Christ. They don't want to hear the word of God. And we hear that regularly. And you tell me one time in history where people did I had the privilege of studying history that I never seen one time where people really wanted to hear the gospel. They didn't want their sin pointed out and their sin before God and need of repentance. And then nobody ever wants to hear the gospel. But why? But why does it transform lives and set people free glory to God? But listen, I would say this, that you're really right. People don't want to hear our words anymore. Words that maybe often contradict our lives. Do I say that without offending? Sometimes our words don't match up for lives. I've seen that so many people, and it's not nice to look at. And, and people who want our words, who wants words? It's like going to an ice cream bar and just talking about ice cream without actually getting it and giving it a good lick. It's just, it's just not, it's just not the one thing. And, and people want to see lives that are different from theirs. And I've seen them before become a Christian. I've seen men and women who were different. Men and women who had peace and joy. But inside me, I was a, there was turmoil. Different. People who, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost, are free. Free church. Glory to God. Free. And we're going to leave here today free. You have to believe them. It's what the Bible teaches. It's what I testify on. And as we look at these second Sunday nights, we're going to get different people to come and tell their story. 
Don't miss one big truth about it. They once were lost, but now they're found. They once were blind, but now they see. They were once in prison with sin, and they're free. They're free. Free from the grip of sin, church. Free from the root of bitterness. Why is that so? Free from old hurts and bonds. Glory to God. Excite yourself. One touch from the Lord's foot, you'll never be the same. People who are free. Free. There's a simple message this morning. Before we go on to Canaan, it has to be spoken. Free. And maybe this morning you've heard this message and you're not free. I want to bring you back to the cross. I have a pastor been saved for 30 years. I come to the cross before you even walk. I want to bring you back to the cross anyway. Because maybe there's a part of your life that is yet to be surrendered. Maybe you have allowed yourself to get caught into some sort of religious movement and you've lost track, you've lost, you've lost hearing the, the, the voice of God in your life. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, they know my voice, and they, they, they listen to his voice, and they come. They come. And I believe Jesus is calling you this morning. Or somebody, when you're in a prison with your past life, and he says, you're coming with me today. And next week, you're going to Canaan. And there's a new beginning in your life. Heed the voice of God this morning. I want to ask the team to come. And as I said, it was just because something had to be touched on this morning. Um, I didn't want to run ahead. Every bit of me just wanted to run ahead the next weekend. But church, free. Are you free this morning? What prison cell are you in? What has this grip on you? Have you been sitting for years in a wee cell? And you just have to open your eyes this morning, you realize that it's open. Get up and walk out. Him who the sun sets free is free indeed. Take up a wee sinner that was hellbound. Free. Glory to God. Free. Remember the wee gospel preacher sitting there where he used to say, from handcuffs to white cuffs. <laughs> That's the truth. Handcuffs to white cuffs. Free.